Would you care to step outside? What do you do for this? Superman. Oh, my you are here. The lasso of Hastia compels me to reveal the truth. I'm Batman. Meow. Warning, DC and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. Things are back, pickup! Hello, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to DC on RMD, Titans Edition on Rain Man Digital. If you're listening from your desktop, you can also take us mobile by checking us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Just search us by looking up DC on RMD. And once you find us, go ahead and leave us a review. It helps us out immensely. Um, Today, we're going to uh, break down Season 2, Episode 4 of Titans, titled Aqualad. And the synopsis this week is, Four years ago, Dick, Donna, Hank, and Don formed the Titans with Garth, a.k.a. Aqualad. But the team is tested with the arrival of a new villain. Directed by Glenn Winter and written by Jamie Gorenberg. So, uh, Rest in peace, Aqualad. <laughs> yeah, rip Aqualad. So, Poor guy didn't get a, him. He didn't even get a chance. <laughs> they, they literally fridged Aqualad. The actor that plays Dick Grayson was like, dude, this guy's way too hunky. Can we, like, I, we, I know you guys had, like, a four-episode arc on him, but, dude, this guy fucking is just too hunky. Get, get, get rid he's of making, him. He's making me look like a little midget here. He, yeah, he was kind of like a Chris Hemsworth uh, version a little bit. Yeah, I, I can see him on a cover of, like, a romance novel. He had the oh, whole yeah. thing going. Oh, yeah. Had had the nice uh, five o'clock shadow kind of thing. Wonder Girl would never resist him. Like like she was all playing all coy in this episode. There's no way. Yeah, she was gonna. She, if this was reality, she'd be going after it for yeah, sure. He would. It. He would be the one that'd be like, mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. about you. Yeah, I don't know if you're at my level, lady. Yeah, come on, you look at you. <laughs> why, why isn't Starfire hitting on me? Yeah. Hey, uh, can we rewrite this? <laughs> <laughs> Let me up with some Starfire, please. I need some of that black chocolate. Mm. With a black magic. That's what I like to call it. I, you know, are we going to get to see her orange? Because I would take orange chocolate, too. Oh, really? I would. An orange creamsicle. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of cool. That would be cool. Oh, I'd love it. <laughs> I would what love it. What a creep it. show. <laughs> so, so I'm back. I'm glad to be back. I I, I listened to the guy your your episodes while I was out. Okay, um, so were you in France or Greece? Uh, I was in Greece. Okay, but I was supposed to head to France for work after that, and it didn't work out. Thank Christ. But um, yeah. So I'm back. Um, and and you guys did great. The the show was great last episode but <laughs> okay one, the one before uh, i was you yeah, know give me your thoughts on that i'm curious give the listeners a chance to see what you thought of the last two episodes briefly so so episode two um really rocky way way too much going on way too much going on and then the last episode you know i, I text mike and and just uh jason beating the shit out of dr light i mean it felt right the character development, bringing the group back together yeah. again. It just, everything felt so good. And I thought, I, you guys were reading my mind. I mean, we were okay. all in the same wavelength. Yeah. When you get good. to that last shot of him beating up Dr. Light and then all of a sudden Dr. Light laughing. And then mm-hmm. you have this, this great shot of Deathstroke in the tunnel, in the darkness. It's like, I just finished right yeah, there. Yeah, cut to Dar and scene and and credits and man, it was so good. And I was I was on such a high last night when I, when I was texting Mike about it, like Nicole had fallen asleep on the couch and I woke her up because when Jason was beating him up, I'm like clapping, <laughs> yeah, like screaming at the TV, like yes, this is awesome. And and then we get to this episode. We like Titans are back, bitches. Yeah, I was, I was. <laughs> and, and then we get to this episode and. Um, you know, overall, I, I want to full disclosure. I did enjoy it, but the pacing again, and and for me, you know, shows can have an ebb and flow to, to the writing. Um, Battlestar was a good example of that, where there was there was some lulls, but it had a good ebb and flow across the, the entirety of, yeah. of of a season. Um, but like an ebb and flow of the ocean, 
this this season feels like when you have a redneck pulling a truck with another truck with just a rope between them and then they slam on the brakes and then there's somebody in the car behind like slamming on the brakes and then they take off again it's just like the bumper finally flies off exactly that's kind of what it felt like to me um nothing against rednecks or nothing but um that's what it felt like and and so yeah, we don't want to offend those rednecks that watch Titans <laughs> on the DC Universe app. <laughs> it just, um, you know, I, that there's, I don't know what to say other than that. It just, it didn't it feel like, like a smooth transition from what we just saw. Yeah, it feels like a lot of the stuff that they're trying to do is forcing a lot of story arcs that basically are really difficult to mesh together. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, we understood why we had to open up on the finish of season season one, mm-hmm. which was you have to wrap up Trigon. And we did. And we did. Okay. Then you had the you had the surprise of saying, hey, Deathstroke. Okay, there's that that, that automatically told me that's our narrative. Perfect. Perfect. But then you get to the other episode where it's like, okay, we're gonna tell the story about Hank and Don. Or Here's Donna and, and Starfire fighting fighting Shimmer. Do right. we ever hear from Shimmer again? Nope. And Rose and, <laughs> yeah. and this and that. I think the problem is not just the pacing, because I do agree. And I'm I'm like you guys. I'm conflicted. Because I I love our core characters so damn much that I give a lot of latitude while I'm watching this show this season already. Yes, episode three was, I felt like they were getting on track. Yeah. And just like you said, Steve, I felt like the pacing was off, but also I don't know what the fuck they're trying to do. We took a five year flashback into Mm. the past to help describe something that was not planned last year. I guarantee you none of this was figured out. Yeah. This feels the biggest problem with this five year flashback. It feels like it was shoehorned in. Not once did they. For example, we knew there was a problem between Dick Grayson and Hank. We knew that. Yep. But what they alluded to, the problem had nothing to do with the death. They never mentioned that. It had to do with Robin's recklessness. With Dick Grayson's recklessness. We are not going to work with him again, Don. We're not going to do this again. That was the problem. We understood there was a conflict they disagreed with the way he was doing things. That was what broke them apart. First off, broke them as a group. There was no mention of Titans anywhere mm-hmm. last season. None. It broke them up as a, as, a, as a trio of fighters. That's all they had alluded to last season. Now they're hoping we just forget that. Well, And they're shoehorning in, shoehorning in this whole Titans storyline and again, fine, let's make it work. But now, instead of moving forward, we're moving into the dangerous territory of so many CW shows, so many the TV flashback. shows. Specifically and Arrow. And we're yeah. getting involved with flashbacks, and we're not going to move forward, especially with the way the episode ended this week. They, they, we're going to be stuck in the past now. Oh, that made me angry about the how they ended the episode, because it was kind of like... You just introduce a major element in Jericho and without any pacing whatsoever, there was mm-hmm. no setup, nothing. Suddenly the only, you know, like in the past episodes, you guys have, have told me that if you're a hardcore fan, you'd get excited about it. Yeah. But if you're a regular audience and you're watching this, you you're like going, no idea what the hell on. is going on? And I've gotten to the point where I'm now watching the, I'm trying to actually watch these as a regular audience member. Mm-hmm. And this episode, I'm like going, if I was a fan, I'd be excited. Hey, you touched on Jericho. You touched on Aqualad. We got to see Garth. We got to see all these elements that we all know as fans. However, when you got to the end and you have no setup for Jericho, and as a main audience member, I'm like looking at this going, why do I care about this? I know why I should care. You do. Yeah. But nobody else does. Right. I, I, I appreciate um I appreciate that we didn't get a whole season of the original Titans uh 
as we know Titans. And I appreciate that they did it as a flashback because I don't think we needed an entire um, season building those characters out, <laughs> doing a, I don't especially think, how they were portrayed. Yeah. And I don't think we needed that. So to get that in a, in a, a nice tight package of a flashback, I think that was a wise move, but I do agree, Mike, that it was shoehorned in um, my thoughts about the, the, you know, Dick being reckless because that was kind of what was spoken to so many times. My hope is that we still get to see that because the next They're episode towards that. Yeah. Yeah. The next t- episode is titled Deathstroke and we, we know it has to be based on what happened here. Yeah. So the question is, do we spend more time in the next episode that's still part of this flashback, a continuation of a flashback um, and see his recklessness where he takes the team for vengeance or revenge and he knows better than to do that. He's been trained hopefully by Batman to not do that. Batman knows better than that Um, remains to be seen. But my hope is that's what happens. He, he, he bases his, his judgment on feelings instead of thinking about the situation being actually as funny as it sounds instead of being Batman. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you a question, Steve. Because I'm curious mm-hmm. what you think about this. So, they're going to explain Dick Grayson's anger and aggression that he was running away from last year. Yeah, I think this They're is... going to explain it this year. Uh, yeah. I don't think there's a reason. There's no point. Why are we doing that? The story moved forward. We moved Dick Grayson into a better place. Why must we reflect on that? And that's why I feel like... They have jumped the shark already. And I, and I will tell you why. Okay. And I want to get your thoughts on this afterwards. Okay. So they bring Aqualad in to be the center or the catalyst for a revenge story. Mm-hmm. Okay. To justify why they broke up or to explain why they broke up as a team and why Deathstroke brings back such horrible memories. They introduce an iconic character like Aqualad and they kill him. By the end of the episode, which, okay, fine. And they go five years in the past to explain something that we already saw Dick Grayson as a character work through. That was his problem last season. He worked through it and he came out the other end, a better superhero. Now we're going to try to describe why he was there. They're regurgitating into areas they don't need to. Now, if they wanted a revenge saga and they wanted to boost the threat of Deathstroke, okay, kill a character we care about because you killed Aqualad and you gave us an entire melodramatic soap opera based on two characters that are our least favorites. Mm. Aqualad, we don't know anything about. There is no rapport. We don't give two shits about him other than the fact that he's a hunky motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Wonder Girl is... We 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 don't even know when she popped in last year. She was so not memorable as a character right. that she was maybe in two or three episodes last season. So they build up this story between the two of them, and then they kill Aqualad all because they want to motivate the Titans yeah. and show why they broke up. He could have essentially told the same story and not regurgitate, not backtrack, if they had opened this season. By killing one of the established Titans. Kill Gar. I don't want to see him go. But we would fucking care. And we would understand right there. In the contemporary timeline. We would understand. Why they must go after Deathstroke. And why he is a threat. But instead they go back in time. And give us a useless death. Five years in the past. So they can introduce Jericho. Because now we're going to learn why Jericho was killed. And why Robin got mad. It's it's all plot devices. For plot device sake. There's yeah. no real narrative. It, it's, it's just a lot of back and forth. But I think if you structured it in a chronological order. It would have been better. Yeah. It would have been better. I, I could see your point. It, it would it would go in a in a linear fashion. Um, they could have told the exact same story if they would have killed one of our new Titans that we know. Well, yeah. not, not to, you know, not to dogpile on, on, on that. <laughs> Too late. But the one thing that I, <laughs> the one thing that I basically felt was like through season one, we had this idea that Dick had a problem with Bruce. It was with Bruce. 
That mm. was it. It was a Batman problem, right? Well, that was one of the problems. Yeah. Sure. And then suddenly, oh, it's just not about Batman. It's about this. Well, that's again, another thing shoehorned in she because because you're right, Dave. That's what it was. It was he was unhappy with who he was becoming because of working side by side with Batman. That's what we. That's what they alluded to. Alluded to. Now this week with how they had Dove say, don't be Batman. And then now at the end of the episode, be Batman. Be Batman. Now suddenly they take away. And this is the Steve. This is the right. In my opinion, this is the writers listening to the babies on social media that mm-hmm. were mad that they painted Batman in a bad light. Why? Is Batman painted in a bad light? Why does Robin hate Batman? Batman's a superhero. These are people who obviously don't understand the contentious relationship that Batman and Robin have had throughout the years. So now they're they're going to explain it this way. Well, it wasn't Batman. It was Robin trying to be Batman and he got out of control and it got away from him. Mm hmm. I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. No, I I 100 percent agree. I think with Aqualad. Um, you know, I agree. It, it was kind of a plot device to, to move the narrative forward based on how they've kind of written themselves into a corner. Yeah. But the, the, you know, we may not have grown attached to Aqualad cause he hasn't been around, but at least we have scenes that show us as a team, them growing as a team. I mean, we, we saw the whole team for the first time we, we heard about it in the last season. Yeah. But we never saw it. And so this was the one where we got to actually see them all kicking ass side by side. Um, really good choreography, I might oh, add. Yeah. It yeah. felt like I was watching a triple A AAA title, if you will, of, of action uh, superheroes. And, you know, they're they're working together. You see this camaraderie um, and then you see this tension between two of the key characters that clearly they've been um feeling for each other for a long time. One of them suppressing it. The other one really out there pretty openly, like I want to be in your pants. It was obvious. <laughs> it was obvious. And, and, and for years, you know, since he, he said that 12 years old or something. And so you, you have to kind of get your emotional attachment to him through her eyes. Right. Cause she's attached. She, she's fighting it, but then she ultimately succumbs to it and she ends up banging him out, which was, I, I liked it, but I, I get the sense that she's torn between she's an Amazonian. She knows she's an Amazonian and she does have this des- destiny to fulfill, to become an Amazonian warrior. Right. Yes. But she's come into our world and her path crossed with this other person, Aqualad, and she didn't expect that to happen. Right. And so it did happen. And now she's torn. Do I do I fulfill my oath or my obligation that I feel or do I actually have what would be frowned upon by my people, which is this human emotion? Right. I I get it. I just feel like it's really overly melodramatic. It feels like it should be on like CW arrow. Fair. But I will say that even with the problems this has, um, it really makes me uh, nervous going back to CW shows proper here in the next couple of weeks. Cause I am really, this is scratching an itch that I didn't <laughs> know I had. And it's, it's lending perspective. Of, yeah. And well, the thing was, is kind of like, I, I did. I also agree with you is like, I do understand wonder girl to some degree, but it's just the way how they executed it. That's what's bugging me is because like I don't think we're we I don't think we understand- care. Dave. I think yeah. that's the problem is we don't, we don't care we about don't care Wonder about, Girl. We not just Wonder Girl, but her motivation in this episode, which is Garth. Because think about it, this is the first time we've ever seen Garth, right? Mm-hmm. If this character was so important to the other team, no one's mentioned him. There's no. <laughs> You, you remember he when they had? Yeah, he remember when they had the, the freaking uh, costumes, uh, the costumes yeah, and yeah, stuff? Yeah. Where the freak was Garth? If he yeah. is that important to this team, he's not there. Well, well, let me ask you guys this: so, so if we would have, we can't turn back time. Unfortunately, no, no, we, we don't have the time, time stone. But let's pretend <laughs> that we got the appropriate number of episodes in season one, and it would have ended on Deathstroke appearance at the end of season one like it did at the the first episode okay let's pretend the first episode was the last episode 
if they would have opened season two with this episode instead of episode three, like you guys were talking about, what if this was season two's opener? How would you feel? Actually, I would feel much better about it. Okay. You open up first episode. This is what they should have done. If they wanted to retrospectively include Titans as a, that it was in fact a thing in the past, right? Yeah. Okay. Before we even get to Robin talking to Bruce about, or Dick Grayson talking to Bruce about his favor, about wanting to basically opening up Titans 2.0, right? right? Yes. And taking Jason. You have him going through a photo book or a newspaper clippings or, or he turns the TV on and he sees a report on the Titans because they made headlines because Dick Grayson was out on the streets fighting. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen Robin in five years because of this. Whatever. Last time we saw him fighting with a group of heroes, one of the members died. And then, okay. And suddenly we're like, okay, so you had a plan of action. You had a plan of action as a writing team. You mm-hmm. understood exactly what you're, what you were working towards. To me, each episode feels, each episode feels like it's its own episode. Yeah, it feels insulated, yes. like a series of one shots that are just stacked side by side. Yeah. And Whereas that, last year we had a true serial. Each yeah. episode flowed into the next. And that that goes into the line of like what you you said at the beginning of the show about like the pacing. I mean. You take a look probably at probably what goes right goes right back to you take it's a look that. at that just basically taking this how everything is put and meshed together it messes up the pacing yeah like like what you said if they were to finish season one Deathstroke bang then all of a sudden you open up season two you could do it like what like Mike or you could do it like take this episode and put it right in this one again. There's, it affects the pacing. There's just <laughs> there's so many things they could have done. Like I feel, and I I know we're not writing this show, and, we we're, and we're t- <laughs> we we're talking like a bunch of douches now, saying, "Oh, we're going to rewrite this." But I would never have thought like this last year. Yeah, last year mm-hmm. I'm like, "Fuck." Well, that's this why is good. That's why I agree with you guys. This right here gives you the fear that basically they're going down the CW route because it that's it makes me nervous honestly feel like the writers had a plan and they listened to social media and now they're scurrying to come up with a hybrid version of the story they originally planned Mm -hmm. there's a even though there's blood they think because there's blood and a few fucks thrown in that suddenly they have a dark theme this isn't a dark theme show this is not what it was last season it's very lighthearted. And just because you throw a couple fucks in there doesn't make it dark. Just because you have a blood sequence doesn't make it dark. Well, and, and this one felt more lighthearted than the last couple simply because we, we were seeing the Titans kind of in their heyday. Right. Where yeah. there was so much synergy between all of them. And um, they were young. That, this, yeah. They felt like a young team. And they were young. And just the banter and the back and forth playfulness. You know, I put in the notes. They Not only did they feel like a family, just... The, the way that Aqualad and, and Hank were kind of joshing each other back and forth and, and with Dick and throwing the football around. It felt like a bunch of brothers, you know, yeah. maybe frat brothers, if you will, but just a bunch of brothers just kind of hanging out, doing their thing, giving each other a little bit of shit. Um, and it, it was lighthearted. I agree with you. I feel like writing aside, I feel like Glenn Winter, the director of this episode, did an exceptional job. Yeah, he did a very good job because to create that type of chemistry with these actors who have not worked very long with each other, one of which, two of which are pretty new. It's even, tough. Yeah. Wonder Girl and Aqualad. I mean, these actors haven't been in every scene as, as many scenes as um, as like, Brendan Thwaites. And um, yeah, who's the woman that Minka plays Kelly. Uh, Minka Kelly and even Hank, the actor that plays Hank. So I love that. And there's little things you can look at as a director. Like, well, how can we build up? Mm-hmm. How can we build that chemistry? It's so simple sometimes, but it takes a good director to figure it out. Well, here's a football. Yeah. And they Toss did a good job. Around. And even having the scene with, with, uh, with Don going in there and, and talking to Dick, you know, and, and having their arms around each other, you saw the pre, uh, you know, their relationship before yes. it dissolved it and dissolved. she went towards Hank. Hank. And so I appreciated that. Um, yes, there's little things there that was done by the director that, that did make those moments work. 
Yeah. And And that's why at the top of the show, Steve, I said, I'm a little conflicted because the writing irks me, but the characters played by these actors are really good. Yeah. The directing and the acting was, was really, really well done, but the writing was the issue. And it's, it goes in, it goes in the line that basically you need that perfect triangle or that, uh, the, the, the trifecta trifecta yeah. the trifecta that everyone always says makes up a good story and yeah the actors the director f- did a fantastic job we i mean we're all in agreement that this episode had good moments yeah had great moments i'm just baffled by some of the writing decisions the writing decisions is like yeah. all of a sudden it you you get that break in the trifecta and you that's when you bring in doubt to your audience that basically you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, can we all agree though that the setup that we got for Deathstroke hit the mark? Can yes. we agree on that? Yes, I I enjoyed it seeing him uh, take out Aqualad. <laughs> well, was... well, even before that, like watching him kind of prep in the mirror again. There's some, there's something going on here. There's a theme of him looking in the mirror and doing. He hates himself. Thing. He hates. Himself. I think there's self hatred yeah. there. Yeah, but. God damn if he didn't get cut as hell for this role. Like oh, yeah. I mean, he was he was looking pretty jacked in that mirror. But anyways, he's getting ready to to go do his thing and he's got his hit, right? He's yeah, got his he's, hit, he's got, got his got swagger with him. Yeah. And it, it's cool because you we see this is pre Deathstroke. This is pre what we saw in the in the uh first episodes where they basically said, Well, well he was Deathstroke. He was Deathstroke at this time already. I think they said that in uh after Aqualad got killed, they said this. His name's Deathstroke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah so yeah. They, they knew who he was. But, but I mean, as a character, oh, oh, when yeah. you look at him as a character, when he was introduced in the very beginning of the episodes, he seemed really downtrodden. I don't want to mm-hmm. do this. Really dark. Like, like he was doing it because he needed the money, he or he was doing it for whatever. There's something. There's something else that's itching at him. It's driving here. Him. He's like, I have my swagger. I'm a badass. Yeah, I could take out all these guys. But, really but there's fast. still something going on with them. There's something going on, but, yeah. but we get to see firsthand what they alluded to previously about about why he's so menacing and scary to the team prior to even us seeing the Aqualad uh, situation unfold. We get to see him as a complete ruthless killing machine. Yes. And we get this. We saw that, you know, on the Arrow series uh, to some extent. But There's only so much Destro you can show it, on CW. Correct. And in this one, we got to see how much of a badass he was with a sniper rifle, uh, with a 50 cal Barrett. We got to see him um, beaten ass. Well, however he killed him, I guess you would say in the in the prison. We got to see him uh, with a sword, the sword jabbing cool. it through some <laughs> dude and then flinging the blood at the camera lens. Yes. Oh, my God. That was awesome. But... What, what is that again? That's the directing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That absolutely. Whole sequence was directed perfectly and, and edited. The editing, the cuts of those shots. Yeah, it was really it, good. It, it was really, really good. But we see firsthand this is why Deathstroke is so scary. And then to follow that up with the next scene of him taking what you, you know is his next contract, right? At least that's kind of the feeling you got. He's going back yeah. to San Francisco. And to your point, though, earlier, David, we. We now get introduced to Jericho, who was only alluded to briefly in the last episode by by Rose. Rose. <laughs> and and at first, if you don't know, um, uh-huh. you, if you don't know the comics, you don't know the source material. You're going okay. So he's scoping out his next contract. He's sitting in the car. At least that's what you're thinking is yeah. happening. And you you you're introduced to an Asian dude. Um, preparing a beautiful dinner for his mother that's coming home late from work, and he can't he can't speak. He's a, so you think oh he's he's deaf, but we know that that's not true. But the audience doesn't know. The audience doesn't know. They have no idea. And then when she gets all freaked out about the window being open, we as the audience put two and two together that Slade was out there. And you're thinking, wait, was he going to do a hit? But no, he's a downtrodden guy. Yeah. That's who, that's his family. That's his family, and the family doesn't want him. Well, at least mom doesn't want him. We don't know about Jericho at this point. Maybe maybe Jericho does want him. We, maybe we, Jericho does. Uh, but again, but, that it all depends on whether or not we get the. Com- we'll get into this in the spoiler section. It all yes. it's whether it, it's whether it taps into the tr- 
the comic backstory that we know from the Judas contract. Yes. Or are they doing something different? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Like, did they get divorced and he misses his father? We don't know. And and it goes to show that basically, yeah, this character who's a badass still has his flaws. Yeah. And we got to actually see into the window that basically, okay, there had to be something that made him angry. That sent him down the path. That sent him down the path to where he is right now and to the point that, well, he's got Jason now. Well, and, and you know, you guys said it earlier, like complex characters, you know, you guys were talking on the last show when I first walked in. Um, you know, complex characters, they're complex for reasons, right? And, yeah. and you see in this particular situation the complexity of Slade where oh, yeah. he is this ruthless killing machine or at least he can be. Uh, ex-military so he's trained to think and act a certain way out of necessity when the necessity rises but he's conflicted emotionally because there's clearly a, a family situation that he misses for whatever reason so yeah, he's a, he's one of those characters that in dc is kind of like me and mike have mentioned in in uh, in our house of mystery about constantine how constantine's a very complex complicated mm-hmm. individual Slade is a very complicated individual and unfortunately people fans just want to say he's just a badass assassin and he's an anti-hero. There's more to it than that. There's more to it than that. But is there room and time in this show to delve into that and should we? Because I I think you got to at this point because I had said earlier in the season Mm. that he will not be the main villain because he comes with a lot of fans. He sometimes veers most of the time veers into the anti-hero side of things. Right. So are the writers going to make us completely hate him? Because after this week, I feel like I might've been wrong because he, they had him kill fucking Aqualad. So (laughs) can you recover from that? Aqualad's a big deal. If you're a Titans fan, that's a big deal. But yeah, but the audience is not a big deal because we don't know him. If you're just a viewer of the show, but if you're a comic book reader, he fucking killed killed Aqualad. Aqualad. Yeah. A really good shot, by the way, a really good shot, but I'm, I'm in that boat, Mike, that basically I'm with the audience. I don't care about Aquaman. I don't care. I yeah. mean, I don't care. I mean, I'm sad. So, that- so you think, okay, so remember I said that plan that you could have done the exact same story by killing Gar. You yes. think th- that would have been hard to recover from? That right? would have been very hard to recover. That's why it's really going to be interesting. I'm more interested, like, I'm, well, I'm, well, I'm well, hoping for benefit of the doubt that next episode we don't do a flashback because I'm more interested in what is he going to do with Jason? Because so we 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 walked away from that whole subplot for an yeah. entire episode, episode, and I'm with you. But I I I feel that we're going to get into this next episode, and we're going to continue our flashback. Okay. I don't think we're going to go back to present day because, like, I actually I actually oh, hold on, to- hold on, go back to the first question. I don't want to skip around too much. Okay, the what I said about Deathstroke. Can we move forward with him still being the guy that we love to hate? <sighs> will we get into that territory? Will they not get into like a flashback backstory of why we should love him? But will he be a character that we can love to hate much like the Deathstroke that was on the CW for the first two years on arrow? I, I, I really, because think... if you remember Deathstroke killed Oliver's mom and yet we still loved him. We still, yeah. Well, it helped that Oliver's mom was not the most likable person. That's true. <laughs> she was such a cunt. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but like, it really does come down to can they actually do something special with Deathstroke? Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. If they were expecting it to be the Aqualad thing, it, it zero hit. You mean like it make missed. us hate him? Yeah. Yeah. It missed. I would agree. Yeah. Because like. So does that mean we are going to get a story where I, I we learn more about him and we I care? I think we are. I I want to I want to th- say that. You know, as the team goes into their vengeance mode, or at least Dick goes into vengeance mode, and 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 that's where it's a really fucked up situation too, because you didn't get enough of an emotional connection. Like there was clearly an emotional connection I felt between Dick and Donna. He did not want to see her leave. Um, you know, when she walked out the door, it pained him. 
I didn't get well, that. I wouldn't want her to leave either. Well, fair. <laughs> but I didn't get that same sense. I mean, there was definitely a bro camaraderie between Dick and, and Aqualad. Yeah. But you, we didn't see that strength between that. Uh-huh. Um, that that would leave me lead me to believe that Dick would go in full on vengeance mode. Whereas if it was, let's say, Donna that got shot. Then it would have been actually. I would have felt like, yeah, Dick's Dick's rightful in doing so rightful it, in doing so it, it just it just didn't have that that gravity to the emotional aspect yeah comparatively speaking that's why that's why i'm confused i'm I'm conflicted with it because i understand what they were trying to do i think the aqualad thing was supposed to push dick in that direction but i just don't think it makes sense for us as the audience to believe that now say for example let's flip it let's say he Deathstroke does something to Jason. Okay. Now we, that's something that I can believe in. And that's why I was like thinking, if you want to get Deathstroke to, you know, be that hate villain, you know, number one, numero uno guy you want to hate. So let's elaborate on that for a second. Let's, let's <laughs> hypothesize. hypothesize. I got a couple of hypotheses that I wanted to throw out in, in regards to a couple of these things. And one yeah. of them was Jason. So if, if we want to end up hating Deathstroke, a quick way to do that and, and also solve a longer term agenda is to have him do something so incredibly terrible in terms of torture to Jason that it fucks up Jason further than he already was in the last episode. We saw a lot of tension there, obviously, between him and Dick. Um, he's Sometimes re- there's tension between you and Dick. Yeah. He's he's wrestling. You know, they're wrestling with each other, um, or at least Jason's wrestling, I Jason's would say. Jason's wrestling with Dick. Yeah, he's wrestling with Dick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if if you have that torture element, and even though it was Jason's fault that he put himself in that situation, it was, it was his own doing. Yeah. He harbors resentments as an individual. Oh, yeah. And so if if he feels like the team screwed him over or didn't come abandoned fast, him. abandoned him, didn't come fast enough to help him, then it pushes him further on the outskirts of the team proper. And then it further instills what we know Jason is, which is an angry, troubled individual. Ritual. And then that could set up for a down-the-road situation where he ends up getting killed Possibly by the hands of of Slade down the road, which would set us up for the eventuality of the Red Hood if we were to yeah. ever get that. Well, that's what that's why I was gonna. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because essentially, I think they what they have to do is do the killing, uh, death in the family. It may still Just, be too soon. It may be too soon, but you want if you want to establish your villain to be the villain in Deathstroke, fine. But there's You're also, gonna have to do a storyline like Death in the Family, and, and there's nothing to say that you couldn't still kill him as a character as young as he is, and then have a gap in time, just just like the source material, have a gap in time, and then he comes back a little bit older, a lot more angrier. Yeah, it, it could really work. the The only the only negative on that. And this is this is the problem with that that I find right now, which is which leads to the problem that of this second season where they're just throwing way too many things at us. If something were to happen to Jason, if I was Deathstroke, at that point, wouldn't you be more worried about Batman? Because Batman's gonna find out. And if you're not afraid of the Titans. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. We get it. I think Slade's smart enough to realize he's in deep trouble if he deals with Bruce. And and unfortunately, because of the way things are structured, we are probably not going to get Batman proper. Yes. So, to your point... <laughs> right. It kind of... It, that it, writes him into a different corner. It, it writes him into a corner that I'm like going you could really ruin the character of Deathstroke at that point Mm -hmm. because it's kind of like, okay, well, as audiences, why isn't the justice league answering this then? Because Bruce would be very upset and Deathstroke would be fucked. (laughs) He would because, because Bruce would, would come after him. Would come after him. Um, now another interesting hypothesis I had, um, you know, cause clearly, clearly Slade has laid a trap 
with Dr. Light. I feel Dr. Light isn't just a henchman, like you guys said. I think he's a pawn. Um, I think we're still going to see a little bit of the relationship between Slade and and, and Dr. Light uh, blossom a little bit further so we understand why he would bust him out of prison or or whatever. Um, But I feel like he's just being used as a pawn to draw the team out. And, And furthermore, I feel like Rose... You know, you guys had mentioned this this 180 she did as a character. Yes. And and I felt it. I saw it. I almost feel that even though she's saying she's going after her father because he killed Jericho, I don't believe it. I think she also is a, is a she's been planted in there in some way who also draw out because there was a It would explain the 180. Yeah. It, it, it's the one thing that me it bothered me and Mike about that episode is like, why, why in the world did suddenly we get this 180 of Rose where she's this person on the run trying to run away from something. And she was afraid of something. She doesn't want to, she doesn't want to be part of a team. And suddenly, but look that, that broad jumped through that window and smashed through it. If she wanted to get out of that tower, she strikes me as somebody that could get out of that tower. I think you're onto something, Steve. And, and, the, the, I think that makes perfect sense. The connection that she had with Raven, which was a, was which was a, a genuine moment from Raven's behalf. Of, you think that's going to create maybe some conflict within her? I think if that is the strategy that her and her father are, are on, it could be. But I think you know it helps Raven because Raven needs somebody right now. She needs somebody that she can connect with and relate to. And Gar is just a bedroom away, right? <laughs> and he's he, that guy just wants to fuck anything that moves. Yeah, and. But I I feel like Rose, while she may get an attachment towards Raven as well, if she can splinter the group and from within, from within, oh. that's a great strategy because Look Raven at Steve doing some writing. Raven is the most dangerous of all of them combined. She just doesn't know it yet. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially in that fight scene, I loved the fact that they still alluded to the fact that. Hey, Trigon's still a problem because he mm-hmm. whatever he did to Raven is inside of Raven. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. can't control it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not convinced, and it remains to be seen. I'm not convinced Jericho is dead until I see a body. I'm not gonna assume he really is dead. And He's so- probably just in his bedroom, but he can't hear everyone calling for him. Exactly. <laughs> it's <laughs> It's, it's going too much for me into spoiler territory because, like, I have very mixed views of how they treat Jericho. So I'm, I'm just before you get into that, I'm just yeah. going to throw this out here. I didn't know anything about Jericho beyond Judas Contract. Yes, and I didn't give a shit about that character in that story arc. I don't like the character design. I, I. I didn't like you didn't like the Olympian look. No, (laughs) it's terrible. (laughs) I appreciated again. We'll get into the spoilers. I appreciated the backstory of the character and why he was the way he was. Yeah. Hated the look, hated his dumbass curly hair. I hated his, his power. If that's what you want to call that, everything about it to Mike's point earlier about this episode, it felt like a, a plot crutch to move the narrative of that comic forward. Yeah. Couldn't care less about Jericho, but the, the elements they've used thus far in this telling of Jericho, I like it. I like it because it, it not only just helps Jericho as a character, but also Deathstroke because Jericho is very important to Deathstroke. And, you know, as I said, not going into too much spoilers, you know, we know that Jericho is uh, at least portrayed here as his son. And mm-hmm. yes, in the comic books, Jericho is the son of Deathstroke. What, and there's been many retellings of that storyline because it's been so iconic for the Teen Titans. Well, why don't we take a break and then get into that? Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for that, Steve? I am ready for that because where he's going with this, there's another point I want to bring up. So this, this is perfect. Titans are back, bitches! Woo! 
Free stuff is awesome. But free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Why do you have to take it to the level of photographs and like, hey, I know you don't want to see this, but this will strengthen our friendship he with sounded, these horrifying images. He I, sounded like he was interested. Okay. Diddy, how does I don't want to see any photos, <laughs> Andrew, equate to me? Please show me some photos, Andrew. <laughs> How does that happen? It's like, you know how guys are hanging out and it's like, oh man, this tastes awful. Here, have a bite. What? Have you ne- Wait, guys, what? Did, so, did you hear the pre-show? Thing, one thing leads to another. Next thing you know, fist up the ass. Next thing you know, your dick's in the other guy's ass. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. All right, David. Back from break. Let's do this because I want to break down a little bit of this the Slade Wilson family tree. Yes. Because uh, a part of me feels so Slade has multiple kids. Yes, he does. And I I got the feeling um, that Joseph was. When when she said he killed my brother, I got a feeling that it was Joseph. Because in the comics, in Judas' contract, Joseph was dead. Joseph was dead, yes. And so I felt like they were combining Joseph and Jericho yes. into one character. Mm-hmm. Do you do you feel the same way? I feel the same way. Okay. Because I think that's where Jericho is going. Is okay. Slate is a very complicated character. And it, the, the story of him and his family, especially with Jericho and Joseph in the comic is very complicated because Slade is forced to kill one of his sons. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they know too much information about their dad and they're connected to the wrong people. (laughs) And that's what happened to Joseph in the comic was like, he was friends with the Titans. Slade couldn't have that. Sorry, but Slade had to make that choice and that's what made for me in the comics. That's what made Slade so complicated is because he made the most difficult decision a parent would have to make your life or your child's life. Now, every parent out there says, I'm going to choose my child's life. Slade basically said, no, I'm a realist. Bang. And I think it's a Kills much son. It, right, and it's a much different situation than than say having to take your child off of life support. Yes. Right, that is a different dis- decision that you have to make. Not easy by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, but to choose whether or not you're going to murder, murder your, child your child to save your own skin. Yeah, completely different ball game. And and that's why I like where I think this is going because. One of the things in the comics that made Slade so complicated was in the comic, when it first happens, they picture Slade as this ultimate badass killer. He doesn't, he has no soul. Mm -hmm. But later on, they do storylines that make Slade more believable where it's like, yes, he made that decision and it haunts him to this day because he blames the Titans for making him choose that decision Mm -hmm. because that's, that's his ultimate choice. So let's let's peel that apart a little bit. So, you know, we saw that that foreshadowing scene right there at the very beginning of the episode. After Slade's a badass, he gets that second contract. He goes, mm-hmm. and we see Mom and and Jericho. Um, I don't get a sense. So 
I mean, we're far enough along now in, in talking about this. I think we can go into the spoiler territories. Yeah. Um, I don't get a sense that mom is going to play the same role that she did in the comics where no. mom was the one that trained Slade. I think I think the the mom is more or less going to be like the new 52 mom. Okay. Where she wants nothing to do with Slade. Do you, you think— know, In the recent run of Slade, they changed the story up where the mom—I forgot her name. But basically, she never forgave Slade for doing that. Okay, and it and and that it, that's one of the storylines in the New Fifty Two that I kind of like because it made it more believable. Back in the original, the mom just said, "Oh, oh well, <laughs> he had to do what he had to do." But in in the New Fifty Two, it added more depth to it, where they said, "No, the mom never forgave Slade for that because he killed her his her her son." Mm-hmm. that's not something easily forgiven. I mean, like in past shows and other fandom shows that me and Mike have been on, Mike, we, me and you have talked about how that is the ultimate sin. Kill your blood. Oh yeah. Kill your blood. That's the ultimate sin. You can't come back from that. No one comes back from that. Slade essentially kills his own blood and expects to come back, mm. but he doesn't. And that's why, that's why I was like really surprised. Number one, you only see Jericho. There's no Joseph. Right. So, so going to like to what you were saying, I think what they did was took Joseph and Jericho, combine them together, and Jericho is going to be the one that's going to take the bullet. Which probably is a good move if that's the route they take, simply because we need more characters like we need holes in our head at this point. So, oh, absolutely. So to add more would not be uh, wise. And especially since the way you left it off, it's obvious Dick is going to do something very bad to Jericho. Exactly. And it'll so, push Slade over the edge. Now, what you would expect is, oh, you hurt my son. I'm going to get you. No. I honestly think Slade's going to be so angered by this, he's going to kill his son. Which could be pretty fucked up. Um, you know, because it makes me wonder. So... If they take a different route than than what was in Judah's contract and mom is not the trainer of Slade, they could still have an opportunity to make her somewhat tied to the military institution that gave him the abilities that he has and the training that he has. She didn't have to be the trainer, but maybe yeah. she worked there or whatever. But I don't get a feeling that that's the case. We don't know yet, but I don't get that feeling. What it seems like is he was... He was what he was. He did something that scared the bejesus out of her. And she left him out of fear of what he might do. And he wasn't the man that she loved or had fallen in love with. And so she took the children and left. Now, then it begs the question, Rose got trained clearly by dad. So if you take the children away, one of them clearly went back to daddy and became the trainee. Of yeah. dad but now you're left with with jericho slash joseph if we're assuming that he's a combina- combination character a combined character of, of two different characters i feel like the the scene with dick going to the record store was a very warm and it was a heartwarming scene um you saw a boy who loves music so we know he's we know he's not deaf he loves music yeah. So so okay, but now we have to understand why can't he speak? He speak. And that's why mommy probably left dad. Going back to the comics, Jericho lost his vocal cords and I can't remember the exact reasoning, but it was because Slade had had injured him. Yeah, he he injured his th- uh, his uh vocal cords so he wouldn't speak. Yeah. So because at the time Slade didn't want to kill him. And so here you have a motivation or a motive for a mother to to leave someone out of fear to take the child away or children because you're fucking you're a monster. Look what you did to our son. Clearly, Jericho is going to be afraid of of his father because of this. But here you have this heartwarming scene with Dick in the record store. And then as soon as the kid walks away happy because he's getting this rare, uh, you know, record of, of Ziggy Stardust, um, 
And then Dick has this look on his face. Yeah, it just automatically goes like, oh, Dick's going to do something stupid. He's laying a trap. Yeah. Now, coming full circle back to what what I was hypothesizing, I said I had some hypothesis. We see in this episode Dick calculating. Very calculating. Sometimes Dick calculates. He calculates. He's going to lay a trap for Slade to draw him out so the team can can get their revenge. Juxtapose that against what we just saw in the last episode, where Slade laid his trap, which was Dr. Light, yes, to draw out the Titans. There's kind of this interesting duality going back and forth, or ping pong, if you will, yeah, between, between... between what's going on and how they're, how they're laying these traps. But I still think Rose isn't what she seems to be at face value. That's the thing. that Rose is the wild card in all of this, because like... Okay, so she has to be super evil then if, like, she's willing to go back to her dad who kills her brother, who who kills her handicapped brother, and and basically says, no, I want you to train me to be an assassin just like you, daddy. Mm-hmm. That's, it would fit the, it would fit the character of Rose in the comics as Ravenger. But the way they portray, portrayed her here, that's why it's like, it it confuses uh, it confuses me because like okay are we supposed to like this character she's a runaway she's running away from deathstroke all of a sudden 180 she's suddenly the super fighter that can fight uh, fight alongside dick and and maybe that's the intention uh, of the writing um given what we've seen so far i don't want to say that that it is but maybe that is the intention to keep some of us guessing who know more of the source material that we don't know we every don't know beat. exactly. Yeah. And that's that's the thing is like, especially with a, a story like Judas Contract, they're not following it. No. They're not following it. They're following the beats. Like you kind of get this beat that basically, okay, there's this unspoken vendetta against with Slade versus the Titans. Mm-hmm. And that is just basically the, the, the overall uh, setup. For the Judas contract. That's mm-hmm. it. Now, everything else, just like, uh, as I said, is like throughout time, that storyline has changed time and time again to actually just fit any narrative that that particular writer wants to fit. Right. And so it, it would appear the contract that Slade got was Aqualad. <laughs> which which begs the question, why? <laughs> that, that, that was what I was going to say. And, and while he was in town in San Francisco, I'm going to I'm going to do a little bit of recon and see how the fam is doing. And that's what we saw at the beginning. But yeah, who's out there putting hits <laughs> on Aqualad? Who did Aqualad piss off that we don't know about? Like, I mean, um, before Wonder we, Girl's ex-boyfriend? Yeah, before we, before we started the show and off the air, me and Mike were like, I would kind of try to figure lad. out, was he's he just too the, good looking? Was he's like, fucking on, kill that guy. Was the hit on Wonder Girl or yeah. was it on Aqualad? Deathstroke is not going to miss. <laughs> so it has to be Aqualad. Yeah. Well, he was standing there. You're right. I want to say he w- he wasn't going to miss. He's not going to miss. He's not going to miss. But what if it was the old lady? What was her name? The other Decrepid. one. Uh, yeah, the other Amazonian from <laughs> the, this year. Uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. The, the, the woman that was yeah, taking her back. That was it. taking her back? Yeah. I, just throwing it out there. Probably not the case. But, you know, he turned around and almost as if to block it. So... We saw at the beginning, Slade clearly doesn't care whether someone's facing him or not. not. He's going to drop you. <laughs> He's going to drop you. So I want to give him a little bit of, 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 or give the situation a little bit of the benefit of the doubt where maybe he was aiming for Donna or the other woman and other Aqualad woman. just happened to be in the way. Regardless of any of those three individuals, who would be out there putting a hit on them? Are we gonna? Are we opening a new layer to the onion that now That's we have problem. to go? And, You're introducing other characters and, out there, and maybe that goes right back to what I was saying that Deathstroke is not the big bad. There's a there's someone else in the shadows. If I were to speculate, 
And if Aqualad was the hit, Black Mana. Just introduce Black Manta then. Oh, we can't. We just ha- we just had Black Mana. But we all know that, that uh, they're not connected, though. I, I so know. you'd have to find a new Black Mana. You would have to find a new Black Mana, but I, I feel like as flawed as Aquaman was in certain ways, I actually enjoyed the hell out of Black Mana in that film. Personally, I enjoyed that incarnation of it. It's too soon to introduce a different version to me. Um, but to Mike's point, we now have this this shadowy background because because the black dude's just handing the contracts over. He's just the yeah. middleman, right? He's just oh, yeah. brokering yeah. the deal. He's just brokering the deal. He's deals. just a That's cool his black agent. brother. Right. That's just his agent and assistant. <laughs> right. That clearly has connections to the criminal underworld to gather contracts. Um, but then that begs the question in, in the expanse of the universe that we know who would be going out trying to take out these titans. Yeah, it would have to be someone bigger than than Deathstroke. Because, okay, I understand why Deathstroke at this point, where we saw him, it looked like he was under hiding. And also they said, oh, he's been out of the game for a while. So he he chose to be out of the game. Well, it makes sense if you've killed a sidekick of... One of the major heroes, Aquaman. Oh, Aquaman would find you. <laughs> yeah. It, it goes into the line of like him doing something to Jason to get Batman's well, interest. And to your point, whether it was Aqu- Aquaman alone or not, knowing that the Justice League exists in this universe, even though yeah, we will never see him. Yeah. He, him taking out Aqualad would get the spotlight on his ass. On from, his ass. So and then he's he going to go into yes. he would He would go into hiding. He would get out of there. The bigger question is, if he's going to hide, why the frick would he come out of hiding just because, oh, the Titans are back? Bitches. (laughs) Titans are back, bitches. Do you think we could... And it it goes into the line that basically someone bigger is probably in the shadows, just like what Mike said. is like, I hate to say it, is like, I've been one... I I was in the boat that um, I wanted Deathstroke to be the main bad this season. But the more it's like gearing up, it's kind of like, no, someone's has to be I see, playing. I these don't want him to be pieces. the big bad. I, I don't. I don't think he's going to be. I wanted him. I wanted him to be the big because bad. he's such a pivotal character to the Titans. Yeah. But I think with what we're seeing with this complexity of the family issues as they're starting to form up, um, and just him killing Aqualad, him going on that ruthless rampage, I think we're seeing so much complexity in that character. It's hard for us to hate him, but it's hard for us to love him. We're in that weird spot. You have to have somebody else motivating his character. Motivating his character. Um, You have to have his contract person. Correct. And so, you know, do you think it could be a Lex Luthor-like person? Somebody that would actually really want to get rid of the Justice League's little brothers, if you will. It would have to be. I mean, you'd have to introduce someone that big. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to wrap it, guys, too. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyways, um, overall, final thoughts. I mean, did, did did you love it? Did you hate it? Did you want to redo? <laughs> you know, I feel like we started off really negative. And then as we started talking, we're like, yeah, we like that. We like that. So, you know what? I did like the episode. I did. Yes. It's just frustrating. It's frustrating. Because, I, again, I see some red flags. Because you guys are used to seeing the TV tropes, the, the TV yeah. series tropes, yeah. and you're seeing it a lot in season two. If we have yeah. not seen other Berlanti shows fall apart, I probably wouldn't even be talking about it. But we get a track record. Yeah, we do. And that's the only reason why I was a little overly, I don't think I was overly critical, but maybe I was a little too aggressive at the beginning. But overall, the directing I thought was pretty fucking great. Uh, I love the chemistry between these actors. I mean, these actors are 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 killing it. Yeah, absolutely. I I I really for Aqualad coming out of left field as a character, he he sold the character. The actor sold the character. For what he had to, well, for what he had. Yeah, yeah, he had very few minutes on the screen, and he did a good job and with he made it. Count. We finally got to see uh, the actress that plays Donna stretch her wings a little bit and show uh, what she can do, which we hadn't seen prior. Yeah. He has some range. Didn't know that until now. 
So overall, I mean, um, I'm concerned. The red flags are back, it looks like. So I, I, the caution flags. Caution flags. We're going to throw flag. out the caution flag on the track. Um, but I do appreciate that we got to see um, all of them suit up. And what I thought, to Mike's point, was a really good um, – some really good shots and editing of that whole suit up process, which yeah. I always appreciate in any show. And, um, and, and I got to see the, I got to see the costumes in their glory. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd give it a solid C plus. Yeah. I think it's in that C range, honestly, because like it has its flaws, but there are, as, as we've, Discussed in this oh, episode. we have to give it our percentage, huh? Yeah, the RMD percentage. Well, I, I, I didn't go numerical, but I guess I could. I, I you know, I forget. I keep seventy five. Seventy five would be a C plus, and I think that, that that's fair for this episode because, it's, but not judging by our system, that's not a C plus. Remember, oh yeah, yeah remember yeah, I wanted right. to, and you guys all argued with me about. Oh that? yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're <laughs> right. You're okay, right. Then I give. I'm with David. I'll give it a seventy-five. Seventy-five, which is uh, people don't know our scoring. Our scoring system is one through forty percent is get fisted, thumbs down, thumbs down. Forty-one to seventy percent is it's a movie or you know it's a TV show, thumbs sideways like in Gladiator. Seventy-one yes. to ninety percent is hell yeah, thumbs up. 91 to 100% is perfect almost. It's kick ass. Yeah. Oh, you know, horns. And, I, and honestly, I would put it in that range that it's great. It has great moments. It, it's just that if you are looking at this through the lens that we all are used to, we see those caution flags and it makes us hesitate. I'm giving it a episode. 70. Okay. 70? It's just below hell yeah, because like I said, if it just, if you just didn't go back in time and maybe retrospectively, I'll change it. If this, flashback ends up being something that's just fantastically executed and it ends up helping the story you know, progress in a way that works then okay but as of right now i mean been there done that we've seen so many shows do this so 70 percent for me all right give it a give it a percent steve so yeah we have it on record i'll give it a 75 percent okay and dave 75 I'm giving it a 75 because there's moments in here that basically make me want to still watch this episode. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm with you, Mike. If if we go into the next episode and it continues our flashback <laughs> from here, then maybe I'll up that number a little bit. But if they don't bring it home, then, yeah. you know. Anyways, that's going to do it for today's DC on RMD Titans edition. Remember, you can always catch any past and future DC on RMD episodes through the DC on RMD.com website. You can also follow us on Twitter at DC on RMD, Facebook at facebook.com slash DC on RMD, or Instagram at DC on RMD. And with that, we'll catch you guys next week. Mother of God, would you look at the time when you came here? You had an hour.